0: Hi everyone, it's Roger, James and Josh this week for this week's episode of the What's on Disney Plus A podcast. In this week's episode, me and James are going to be running through some of this week's Disney Plus news. We'll be talking about the Bad Batch trailer. We'll be talking about the cancellation of the right stuff. And also me and Josh are going to be talking about all of the legacy content that's going to be arriving on Disney Plus in April. Unfortunately, me and James had an issue when we were recording this morning with one of the microphones where basically you just couldn't hear me for um, where we were talking about the Mighty Ducks and also uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So we'll do that again next week as part of a like a double bit. So therefore, this is kind of like a split episode. But before we get into any of that quick bit of housekeeping, if you haven't already done so, make sure you are subscribed either on the YouTube channel or you can also listen to us on the audio platforms such as Spotify, iTunes, etc. as well. Go find us over at whatsondisneyplus.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter, and you have our Facebook group as well, where we have over 160 odd thousand members. So feel free to join in with the conversation, um, and also just a huge thank you to our um, supporters over on YouTube channel members and also Patreon. So just some shout outs to members of the gold and diamond tiers, and also to the um, platinum as well. So on YouTube, my VCR still works. David, Bina, Bad Dog Gamer, Joshua, Amit, Ben, Adam, Dawn, Martin, Jeremy, and Sarah. Huge thank you for all of your support over on there. And over on Patreon, we have Khaled, James, Red Marsman. We have Cody, Andrew, the Lester. We have Chris, Jacob. We also have Darren, um, Lauren, and also a huge thank you as well to... um, Zeppi, the juice. We've also got what's on Netflix. Andrew, a massive thank you to Sarah for being at the platinum level and being our executive producer. And we just kind of want to have a little bit of a chat about all the legacy content that's coming to Disney Plus in April. I mean, it literally is one of the best months we've seen for Disney Plus, especially in the United States and pretty much most of this globally, where we're getting so much legacy content. You know, there's been a big drought over the last sort of six months to a year where legacy content just hasn't been dropping. And this month was just, you know, when we look at the April lineup, there are so many classic movies from, the, you know, the 50s, 60s, 70s, know, right through the decades, not all in one area. But um, Josh, what did you kind of think when you saw that April lineup with all those classic movies? To me,
1: it, it really kind of felt like Christmas, you know? I mean, goodness, this was uh, the kind of legacy content, the, the the depth, the breadth from different decades, different genres of content that we've been waiting for so kudos to Disney for kind of giving us something and it looks like it's all going to land I mean today is April 2nd and uh, most a lot of these titles frankly landed today, uh, which is which is that they're already up they're already ready so we're going to run down the list and you know I do think um, that January and February already just to note that that you know hey that we did see dinosaurs come out we did see Muppet show come out those were significant titles as well. And it, even last year, honestly, April was kind of a larger month. And so mm. it could be kind of a seasonal thing. Like Easter is a big deal for families to get together. I think yeah. Disney realizes that they have to have a lot of content on their service. And if they can't have it in the new f- space yet, then they can, they can go to the library and uh, you know,
0: yeah. bring a lot of that stuff in. I mean, just, just literally today, um, the list of what we've got has taken up two sheets i mean you can't quite see it but behind in front of me i'm just about literally about to film the what's new today and i've the list i'm just like i don't know how i'm gonna make it (laughs) it's just like um you know considering like this time like last year really we were like maybe one or two titles a day a week and now we're looking at you know it feels like 30 40 titles it's it's just been an immense amount of content but it's nice that they're really just diving into some of those old ones. Um, so yeah, if you want to jump into the list, there's a few there that I know definitely I want to talk about. Yeah, I, I, so I'll start
1: with back to the 1950s, which would take mm-hmm. us to 1959, which is the Third Man on the Mountain, uh, a film that is you know produced during Walt Disney's era. You know, he was with us until 1966, and so this is one that was filmed in Switzerland. It's a it's a beautiful film. I actually was watching a good portion of it this morning. Um, with my little little kids. But uh, it's, it's a really great mountaineering film, uh, coming of age kind of story, uh, young man who lost his father and who, who was a mountaineering guide. And now he himself is kind of venturing into that despite sort of his mom and others who are who are, you know, worried about that, but just it's, it's beautifully filmed in Switzerland, you get to see so much of the of the atmosphere and the, uh, you know, just the amazing uh, landscapes there. So I definitely recommend it, and you know this is interesting in that it's only you know obviously we know that Disney Plus launched in November of 2019. This is now only the second film that was produced during Walt's era. If you think about theatrical films yeah. that has been actually come out on the service, so the Moon Spinners being the other one. So this is one I do hope people check out, and 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 because I want we want to see sort of the rest of those dozens of of Walt era films come out, and it, it, that happens when we obviously can get it to trend. So. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, for me, uh, there's a lot of these like movies from that era that I'm missing. It kind of neglected a whole um, gener- a generation of Disney fans. You know, um, not necessarily. You know, the you know there is this kind of argument of new versus old. You know, what people used to do, and I generally feel like my era, my age group, I feel like I've got it right because of being like the N '80s kid. Most of the shows I grew up being an 80s kid are on there, the movies. It's kind of like, that was the nostalgia era. So they've been playing into that for about the last 10, 15 years. Whereas like some of the more modern sort of stuff from the 90s was kind of being lost off. Like, and like adults now that, you know, like 20, 20 odd plus that are being a bit nostalgic are going, where's that missing? But people that are a bit older than me, there's loads of stuff missing from that. And I kind of grew up watching a lot of movies and shows from the 60s and 70s because you know they were repeated all the time in the 80s but I definitely feel like that is something going on. And they
1: also came out of course on home video in the 80s yeah. and 90s and so I grew up in that era and that's where even even though these are things from the 50s and I'll I'll also move us on to the 70s which is yeah. uh, the island at the top of the world is the, uh, the other one that came out uh, just today as well I think that's a 1974 film but uh, Jules Verne kind of sci-fi movie deals with this expedition. I think it came out around the time of like, around the world in 80 days. So if you kind right. of get that, that feel to it of sort of the almost Victorian adventurers going off on, you know, uh, this sort of exploration. Um,
0: is that the one with um, the Hyperion in?
1: Yes, that's
0: right. Yes, because I, I did, I was doing a little bit of research on this when it got announced. And because the Hyperion is a word that they use a lot in Disney's, you know, they, their studios, the streets, but also you know in Disneyland Paris there's a whole like there was a whole restaurant and I think they've even got the replica of it and it's so funny like how many times I've seen that and didn't know what it was and like now like ah <laughs> so a, like just a real throwback into some random movie from the 70s.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised frankly if the you know Society of Explorers and Adventurers kind of kind of bring some of this uh you know mythos into that but it's, it's very similar to uh 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, in a sense, In Search of the Castaways, also Jules Verne, kind of sci-fi movies that Disney uh, did. So it kind of, even though this isn't from Walt's era, it's a little after, but mm-hmm. it, it kind of has that same feel. Um, I think a lot of my, my siblings grew up loving it and enjoying it, quoting it often, so it's a fun one. Maybe didn't do as well at the box office as Disney had hoped at the time, uh, but it's uh, certainly a fun adventure yeah. film and, and great to see on the service that's coming. Um, that kind of takes us to the 80s, which I know you uh, are familiar with some of these yeah. Star Wars vintage releases. Uh.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Star Wars vintage collection got out today. So we've got um, two Ewok movies. We've got the Caravan of Courage and the Battle of Endor. There's also an animated TV uh, series from the same era, the Ewoks. There was two seasons of that. You've also got um, the, a clip or kind of a short from the holiday special from the 1970s and also a animated series from the noughties that was kind of really popular, but never kind of officially kind of released and ended up redoing it. That was the thing. But for me, like the Ewoks are something I I grew up with. I, was, I wasn't, you know, as Barney would say, I was a, a, someone that grew up with the Ewoks. I had Ewok plushes. You know, I was about three when Empire went. Sorry, when Return of the Jedi came out, so I was bang on that age of. You know, it was on TV. I mean, I've got, I've still got the action figures of Wicket and all the rest of it from when I was a kid, and used to feed them to the Rancor. And so are you the, speaking of the two films or of the the animated series? Obviously, the 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 thing is, I think these the, both movies were probably shown a lot when I was a kid. Now, the trouble is, is they are completely. Mangled in my mind of what one I can't really remember them. I remember watching them because I remember the girl went from the from the from the photo fo- from the sort of the poster. Going, oh yeah, I have seen one of them or at least both of them. But it probably was one of those things. Of Return of the Jedi was the the better one. Um, so I have definitely seen them. Ewoks, you know. I was at the right age for this, so I'm gonna watch them through. These are the ones that definitely caught my attention. Was like, oh, I really want to see it. They also kind of inspired a few things into the Mandalorian, so I want to kind of go in. But for me, the idea that they've gone back because it seemed like these were like the the naughty stepchild of Lucasfilm that they never really kind of wanted to acknowledge. And like, I it kind of feels a little bit like Disney just went, "Oi, get it on Disney Plus," but we don't really want it to. No, get it on. <laughs> The thing is that
1: like George Lucas himself, he did create the stories for both these films. They, you know, the thing about even Return of the Jedi and the Ewoks in that whole saga is that people think of it as a cash grab, you know? They think of it as, okay, they introduced teddy bears into Star Wars just to sell toys. Maybe there's some truth to that. Um, But I I still love Return of the Jedi. And this I think is a continuation to a degree of some of that story. you know, so it's it has some fun to it. I think that it's part of the saga. And like you say, there's some elements like the blurg, those creatures mm-hmm. that they integrated now into Mandalorian, some other little, little features like that. So um, I'm excited to see them. I'm, I haven't seen them since I was very little. But yeah. uh, I think it's gonna be fun to kind of, uh, you know, have a throwback kind of experience with Star Wars. And it, it does kind of help. I was even thinking for the for the animated one, I have a little two year old right now, this could help him kind of enter into Star Wars um, you know at his level in a sense because you know he watches some of the Disney afternoon stuff and um, this is yeah. of that same kind of uh, you know mm-hmm.
0: genre. I also think it was a very different era in the fact that we didn't take it as seriously <laughs> it was a little bit more you know and even at the time they didn't take it as seriously as they do now um, you know it was still kind of like you know this is popular with kids let's make some more kids content and that was you know I think that's, that's always been the way but That's right. What I was kind of caught your eye. Not- well,
1: it moves us into the nineties here, um, which is one of them that I felt was really interesting is this one, uh, Mark Twain and me, that is a, a TV movie and, uh, it stars Jason Robards who, who stars in several other Disney films of that era, Heidi and other TV movies. What I think is interesting is that if you look at that list of, you know, the 700 missing mm-hmm. Disney produced films that we we've been maintaining over these uh, many months, uh, so many of them, hundreds of them are TV movies, you know, stuff yeah. that aired on Disney channel early on, what we might call Disney channel premiere films or, uh, you know, Disney channels. There's a few of the original mm-hmm. movies that are still uh, missing, but tons of stuff. that's ABC, you know, Sunday night movies that were on the wonderful world of Disney. Uh, so mm-hmm. to see this one uh, I think it's a 1992 film uh, Mark Twain and me that is kind of, I think a sort of historical fiction sort of look at, uh, at Mark Twain's life and its story of him kind of, uh, you know, kind of getting out of writer's block in a sense through his friendship with this young girl. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a fun little sweet movie. I think it'll be nice to see. And I hope that it, it means that Disney's going to be prioritizing some of these moving forward because um, there's just so many other TV, uh, you know, mm. movies that are not there.
0: Yep. Um, what, what was the other one?
1: Oh, well, there's a bunch of theatrical ones. It's interesting. Yeah. I think we're actually moving towards, in a sense, Disney almost going to court towards completion of everything yeah. they released in the 90s coming to the service. So you have White Fang 2, uh, which of course, the first White Fang is on Disney Plus. Worth yeah. watching. There's so many great like wolf kind of dog movies mm-hmm. that Disney has. Frankly, if you go in in search, whether it's Togo or you know uh, Journey of Natty Gan, you know in that realm. So you know White Fang too is going to be another nice addition to that. Squanto a Warrior's Tale is a, is a little bit surprising to me. I think in that because Disney's been very careful, I think about some of these cultural depictions. Yeah, and this certainly has been criticized for I think it being loose with history, um, but. It's uh, the thing about Squanto, even that story historically here in, in American history is that there just is simply not a great record. Like there's a number of ways you can look at the history and it's it's hard to actually compile a really historically kind of, uh, you know, vigorous sort of say, OK, we know that this happened in Squanto's life. So I think there is some room for imagining this story. And um, even people who say, OK, the history is a little off. Maybe it does, in a sense, still open up the window for people to understanding, OK, uh, here's what it occurred with. The native peoples uh you know in america and kind of seeing the the new world through the lens of, of their lives and their experiences so i think it can be valuable um I, I look forward to seeing it there's also um a couple of comedies that came out in the 90s man of the house uh you know chevy chase
0: jonathan taylor thomas so yeah i have uh, seen it i had i did remember that one that was definitely one i was like going yeah no i've seen it because at the time i mean we were writing like he was just hot. He was in everything at that in that era. You know, he kind of, I think he owned Disney for about three years where he just yeah. was in every movie and every TV series they had.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, JT Thomas. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was, uh, you know, uh, Home Improvement. I think this was actually filmed yeah. during a summer break in Home Improvement and uh, Tom and Huck and and so yeah. many others that happened in that era. I think this was the only Chevy Chase movie in the 90s that really did very well at the box office. So um, it's I, I look forward to seeing it. I don't think I, I caught it too much uh, as a kid, but... Uh, the other one is baby's day out that's a 20th century film people are excited about that one and uh i have i don't remember seeing it as a kid but i, 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 I might do,
0: have i do remember it coming out uh, but i think it was on the lines of that looks i think it was probably on the lines of just after home alone and it was like yeah just look stupid and i think that was probably you know teenage me just just wrote that movie straight off <laughs> well one
1: last one from the 90s that is and i think really shocked people because i think a lot of people regard it as kind of lost media is Adventures in Wonderland. Mm -hmm. And that is a series from Disney Channel, almost has kind of a maybe edutainment feel to it, maybe where they're trying to educate at the same time as it's kind of a fun imagination adventure, Mm -hmm. definitely for the, you know, probably 10 and under set, you know, maybe 12 and under. But, uh, you know, a lot of people have a lot of nostalgia for this series, Um, obviously, you know, sort of based on loosely the Lewis Carroll uh, novel, Alice in Wonderland, but takes you into uh, almost a modern day sort of setting, a 90s setting where she is a modern day girl and goes into her own sort of uh, looking glass in her room. So these episodes uh, haven't been released in any form. I think uh, in a VHS, they happened you know, uh, you know, in the 90s, in the early 90s, but to see basically the entire series apparently come out, I'm sure there won't be quite every episode. Um, there is actually, I believe an O.J. Simpson episode that yeah. <laughs> has never aired and will not, I'm sure, appear uh, on this release. But uh, if you know this, the podcast Defunct Land. They did an excellent sort of t- ten or fifteen minute uh, look back at this show and saying, "Hey, we don't know if it's ever going to release, but we sure hope so." Um, and so, to have this come out is is great.
0: I think. I mean, that's definitely one I think was just a like a U.S. audience. I don't know if that one had. I don't, You know, at the time, I don't even think the Disney Channel we had it a lot like that. So there's some shows like that which generally maybe are, are more known in some areas than others. And I think that's. I I'm the only thing I was a little bit disappointed with. But some of these films aren't necessarily kind of like international, and you're kind of looking at that, going, "Well, come on, that must be surely an international release because it ain't it ain't right because it has not been anywhere before." <laughs> but hopefully, things get sorted out with some of these with some of these titles because. It's a little bit funny with April because like, every country seems to be getting the majority of the same movies, but they're all on different dates. But that's just my own little pet peeve of it. Anything well, you guys, catch- you guys yeah. of
1: course, are getting Star you know, releases yeah. that we're not getting in the U.S. So I'm glad to see that Disney is actually paying attention
0: to the U.S. Now, library, you know. I mean, mentioning Star just there, there was, um, uh, I think it was James brought up to me, he's like, um, whether or not we felt like Star had maybe had distracted them. For a few months while because it seemed very coincidental that once star was out the way some <laughs> the influx of titles that you know kind of helped but were they just working on getting as many titles as possible ready for, and that was why everything sort of slowed down a little bit i mean you'd think it would be a different department but it seems a little constant you know the fact that it kind of all happened around the same time
1: yeah i think it, it's entirely possible like you know disney streaming services is kind of their tech you know mm-hmm. division of course and I think all of that conversion and even the language issues and mm. closed captioning and things like that I'm sure you're right that the star titles probably you know maybe pushed off some of this content and made a very big drop in April that maybe they had intended to stretch out a little more but um I'm, so I would
0: yeah I was going to say I'm really hoping that what this is start of the you know a general theme of hitting the archive using that archive to really flesh out the originals and because a lot of like the more modern stuff is kind of covered, but this could really help just make it look more packed. You know, people may go, oh, this is a load of old stuff, but Disney have got an archive that, you know, like Netflix and Amazon Prime, they don't have, you know, this is an advantage and I can't, I'm really hoping, even if it was just for me, one or two titles a week, you know, that could be a massive improvement. I'm very much of the same mind.
1: And I hope that they do continue to prioritize that, not just make April a big month, but keep us at this level uh, moving forward. And I think if people want to see more, of course, to make requests, but also to watch them, you know, I think they're very much, you know, is the kind of company that pays attention to what people are watching, what's popular, they're gonna try to make more of and and put more out. So, um, you know, these are certainly ones I'm gonna be checking out a lot of. I mean, it's just like, like you say, Christmas. I mean, it's just so much here to enjoy and appreciate. Even you mentioned Star Wars, uh, Clone Wars, the, the anime inspired series. That is a cool action packed, you know, I mean, uh, you know, from the guy behind Samurai Jack, you know, a series. So I'm, I very much want to check that out again. It's, it's one that I enjoyed in the early 2000s. Um, and uh, you know, there are a couple of ones that are question marks. We know that Oklahoma was put on the list initially. We're not sure. Which is a 1950s film musical from Rodgers and Hammerstein. Not sure if it's going to show up.
0: I hope it does. Um, it was only because it didn't appear in the next on the April video. Because sometimes this happens and it doesn't necessarily mean it's out. It could, you know, if one thing has taught me over the last 18 months is A, never expect everything on the Friday that they announce. And also sometimes expect stuff that they haven't announced. Like today, um, two things arrived in the UK and one thing arrived in Canada that hadn't previously been announced. So things do kind of shift around a little bit. Um, it's a very floaty um, release schedule. Um never I never guarantee that everything's gonna arrive. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, yeah. We know that's the same with Lone Ranger. Maybe it will be kind of a you know kind of a blind drop and we understand there's some elements there that would make that Yeah,
0: I, I I'm thinking the Lone Ranger one, um there might be other issues with like the why they wouldn't want to promote it with the art actors involved in it. Because it's available on the other region So there's you know if it was um I just feel like it was a, a little bit like Mulan, where they kind of just sort of shadow dropped it because they didn't want to bring any more attention to that movie. It's kind of it's sad because I, I mean, Lone Rangers isn't that bad. It's, it's cut far, far, but you know, this is just a situation with you know the legacy content. But I really do hope that we start seeing much more of this kind of classic stuff dropping in, and it's, you know, and then they've got that massive amount of 20th Century Studios content as well. I mean, they haven't even really even really started diving into that yet. It's so true, especially when you look at kind of their
1: past. Stuff from the 40s, 50s, etc. Um, you know, there, there's so much to to appreciate. The They're only not-
0: thing, the only other side effect is, you know, they might the cultural side of things that might be a little bit more tricky with with the older ones. I mean, whether or not they get put onto Hulu and then internationally on Disney Plus, that might be a little bit different with 20th Century Studios yeah. stuff. But I wonder that's frankly- tricky.
1: I wonder that, frankly, even about Lone Ranger, if they're going to have to have a cultural depictions uh, notice on that, even though it came out like 10 years ago, because it just, it it was not uh, very well done in that regard.
0: (laughs) No, but like I said, I'm really hoping we start seeing a massive improvement in this kind of content that's arriving. But the legacy content, I mean, there's a lot of people very excited about this stuff. I mean, I do think that this isn't stuff that pulls new people in. I don't think that, I don't think this is content that's pulls. But I do think it just keeps people like, you know, if they go, oh, it's old. But m- more is always better. Doesn't matter what it is. And at the end of the day, this is all just there. You know, Disney have got it all in their vault. Get it on there. Get, you know, That's and right. I, do think, I do think spreading out is a good idea. Right? I know a lot of people would want everything now. But I completely, un- I'd much rather they take their time, restore it, get it up to top quality, get the audio in. Because like the Star Wars stuff didn't arrive in every country. You know, we know, for example, it hasn't arrived in the Netherlands and that's been down to like dubbing and subtitles and stuff. So, you know, I'd much rather, you know, then take the time to do it properly than rush everything.
1: I very much agree with you. Uh, yes. And I'm glad that you're, you're tracking this kind of country to country, helping us all kind of see, knowing what's going <laughs> on. So uh, kudos to you and even just understanding how to navigate all this. But uh, yes,
0: it's, it's a lot. But nevertheless, um, we'd love to know what you think of all of this legacy content arriving on at Disney+. Plus. Um, Josh, where can they find you?
1: Goodness. Uh, I'm on the forums, of course, on the, the uh, Facebook group often, and I am on Twitter, Josh M. Shep, you know, easy place to find me and uh, always happy to dialogue about uh, Disney Legacy stuff.
0: Right. Okay, let's jump into the news. So I think we're going to start off with the, um, the first one, which literally broke overnight. Literally, James has not even really um, heard this one much. Um, according to Deadline... Um, Disney Plus has opted not to reorder the second season of The Right Stuff. It um, was a Disney Plus original that launched back in October. Originally, it was actually going to be going to uh, the National Geographic channel. It's the first scripted series that's been cancelled. Apparently, Warner Brothers are trying to see if they can get it to another outlet um, because they may actually make the show for Disney because they had the rights to it. So they're trying to get it to either TNT or HBO Max, which are part of Warner Media. Um, apparently the cast options expire today uh, and they have asked for a two week extension while they try to find a new home there is a major incentive for disney or sorry for warner brothers to make this series because back last year they were given by the u.s government a 13.7 million incentive to move production from florida to california for the second season which is very very high and that's definitely something um, that they have you know they're gonna have to look, it, look into. So, while the series is cancelled by Disney Plus and it won't be returning for a second season on there, there is a possibility it could move to another platform. Um, which is, is, is they've left it pretty late. Um, I mean, I'm gonna be honest, I am a little bit um disappointed with this because I felt the right stuff was probably well, it was easily one of the best TV shows of last year, but it was also one of the best Disney Plus shows. And we were very biased. I know we both really enjoyed it. But what did you think of this cancellation?
2: Uh, Saddened, obviously. I would have loved to have gotten the second season. And like you said, we still might. But I'm not going to keep my hopes up particularly high on that. Um, But not really surprised either. Uh, Other than that option of going to California that you, you mentioned, we heard about that a while back. We had not heard anything about the show we knew that the contracts had to be coming up soon. Obviously, uh, we now know they're coming up uh, tomorrow. So unless they get the extension. So not surprised. And also the reception on social media, as far as I could tell, was pretty lukewarm to the series at best. And I think the majority of the comments that I saw uh, or that got relayed to me were, um, man, what, why is this on Disney? Plus, they're cursing in this. and like uh,
0: So mm, not necessarily the buzz you want. No, the thing is with the series. Is, I mean, we we loved it. I mean, it was literally only like Disney Plus original. Me and my wife would sit there and watch together. Um, really enjoyed it. Thought it was a great series. The problem was, I think, I think there's multiple problems with the series as far as Disney Plus went. First off, it was the most it was the most mature thing we'd seen on Disney Plus, and I don't know if the audience wasn't like prepared for that in some ways i mean you know we did have some people are kind of saying oh well there's like sex scenes and there's a bit of violence you know this is not right for little timmy and it's like well no because it's not for little timmy it's for everyone and i think the trouble is is that's that been mindset going forward you know i do think had the right stuff been released maybe now or this summer disney plus would have been in a different situation because i feel like it's not just been the mando show you Know we've had one division, we've also had Falcon and the Winter Soldier delivering us a bit more um, mature content. You know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, so much more mature than what we've seen so far. I think, I mean, we've it was a like I said, it's a fantastic show. I just feel like wrong audience, wrong time. It, it Disney Plus was in the wrong place right then, and I think that was obviously the, one of the issues with it.
2: Yeah. And if it had been released right now, uh, especially on an international market, it would have had both good and, and bad things going for it. Mm-hmm. Like uh, obviously with uh, the star content uh, added in, you guys are yeah. now used to mature content on Disney plus yeah. it, it's expected now, but at the same time with all that content just added to Disney plus, they probably would have gotten lost in the shuffle. People yeah. would be lining up to watch family guy or, mm-hmm. or um, some of the new shows that we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah, And and it, 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 it's hard to say if it would have found more of an audience or not. That said, uh, if it gets picked up by HBO Max or TNT or CBS All Access, I know they didn't, or what's it called now? Paramount Plus, Paramount Well, I, I think, anyway. by the, yeah.
0: by the looks of it, it's, I mean, it's more Warner Media are looking to keep it in their own, in their own right, list. Right, of course. It's now at HBO Max, so it makes a lot more sense that way to do it. Um, so I definitely think that is a good thing going forward. But... It does seem like, for me, I to be honest, I feel like the series is, is kind of probably dead. I can't see it moving on. They would have already had this in plan if they, you know, um, like it depends on the viewing figures, but I still think it was, I don't think it was very well advertised. People weren't used to that idea of that kind of show being on Disney Plus as well, and I think that was a, a big problem.
2: I think if if Warner brothers was going to put it on HBO max, they would want a second season. They wouldn't want to just yeah. drop the first season on there and, and let it, well, they might die not be, to. Yeah, might not be might. able to, we don't know what the agreements are. Um, and that might also impact the second season. If they can't get the first season uh, onto HBO max, then there's not much incentive for them to put a second season on there. No. Uh, it's all contracts that we don't know anything about. I'll cross my fingers and hope for a second season. But like I said, I'm not surprised that this is the way it's going down and Honestly, I won't be surprised if we never hear from it again.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's it's the kind of thing, it's not a franchise enough to, um, it's not, obviously like Lucifer was a series that had been cancelled and got picked up by, it does happen, but it tends to have a much more um, of a situation of, they have a fan base, and I don't feel like the right stuff did. Um, and I think that, and to be honest, if it wasn't for that um, government incentive to move it, I think that kind of has a massive impact But then how much is the budget? You know, you know, it's still like, well, hold on, we're still gonna have to put down what, 20, 30 million, you know, how much does this series cost to make? You know, it has gotta be way more than the 13 million they're getting for this.
2: Honestly have no idea, yeah. especially if they actually wanted to include more space scenes in yeah. season two, which now that they've finally got the characters into space, I would assume they would they'd include a couple more. Um I, but we'll wait and see, you know. Uh, like you said, Lucifer, it had a lot of buzz on social media. People were talking about it. The Expanse several yeah. years ago was picked up by Amazon. Uh, people were talking about it. People wanted it to come back and Amazon uh, picked up on that. And, and it was positive buzz for them. People aren't really talking about the right stuff. So there's not much incentive for Warner Brothers to go, hey, we saved this series. Oh, you guys, you guys, oh, you're not talking about it.
0: No. I, I mean, there was just, there was hardly any buzz about it. I I put that down a number of different reasons. I think it was, had it gone to like National Geographic first, it might have picked up a little bit more. It's a bit of a thing if Disney kind of rolled the dice on trying to give us more mature content on Disney Plus, but it was the, the first one, you know? And I remember, you know, there was people going, "This shouldn't be on there. Just, You know, why is this on there? And people, and also, I mean, the Disney plus audience sometimes is a little bit less um, mature in terms. You know, I mean, so many people say, Oh, it's boring. It's slow. This isn't what we want. It's like, that's not the kind of show they were expecting, you know? And I think that is definitely a thing going forward that they have to be aware of.
2: One thing I'd be curious about, and I don't think this was a big factor, but it'd be interesting to see if there was also an element of people going, wait, why are you portraying these uh, American legends in this way? Why, why are you making John Glenn look, negative alan shepherd negative why are you portraying in this way whether or not it's accurate to life you know that even within the space community they've got this legendary status and once you're at that point you don't point out the flaws uh or or people don't like it when you do anyway
0: no and i think as well is um it was quite a old fashioned show as well that too that was quite you know and you know how it was presented you know how the you know it was all, you know, all-male cat it, it just Maybe just didn't appeal to a bigger audience. Like I said, I mean, I love that series, and I really were hoping that it was going to be returning. And if it returns on, you know, if it comes back on Sky over here or HBO, whether, I'll watch it. I'm in. I'm I'm in. But I I can't see happening I just I think it's too. I think the budget's going to be too. Much. If they have to go to space more, puts the price up even more. So, and they've kind of already proven that it's not a big enough hit to pull people in. But HBO Max needs more content. But, um. I don't, do they want like Disney pluses, like seconds? You know, that's, that because that's not a very good look either.
2: <laughs> Depends on the price. I yes. mean, that's what it comes down to. I will say though, I will be planning on turning on HBO Max this weekend to, to check out that, that giant ape fighting the giant uh, dinosaur. That looks kind of stupid fun
0: yes um i i would i wouldn't mind watching it it's, it's like 16 quid over here so it's like mm, i don't know if that's the premiere it's actually a little bit less than Premier access but it's like i like kong and i like godzilla but i don't like it that much <laughs> it's like, not, enough, yeah. not enough to warrant that much but it's a if, thing of yeah if i didn't already
2: have hbo max i would definitely not be getting it to watch uh kong and godzilla but since i already have the subscription yeah, oh, sure. yes. oh Which, i would yeah which which is more than I can
0: say for the Snyder Cut. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'd be, i if it, if, it, if it was on Amazon and Netflix, I'd be all over it this weekend. I'll be, I probably would have watched it yesterday. Um, because, uh, but yeah, it's, the Snyder Cut as well as on Sky Cinema right now, it's kind of, be, it's kind of become the the HBO Max, but it's so expensive. Apparently, only like thirty-seven percent of people have actually finished the Snyder Cut. <laughs> so, it, it, see, um, yeah,
2: <laughs> See, yeah. We're, we're obviously not going to go into it yeah. too much, but it—it's the length that yeah. uh, I—I don't. I, I mean, I watched the original, uh, yeah. and I'm—I am certain that this is better than the original. That's not a high bar, but I'm certain that's yeah. better than the original. It's just I'm looking at that length, going, I don't want to sit through this. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well I mean I actually I literally rewatched um Aquaman for the first time um last week because it was on Amazon. So I mean I give it a go. Um it'll be a bit of fun, but it's it, I I enjoyed man. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Um, let's get back onto the Disney point of view. Um, so we've got a brand new trailer for Star Wars The Bad Batch, which is the first episode is going to be dropping on May the 4th. And it's going to be about a 70 minute special opening episode. We don't yet know how many episodes this animated series has. They've so not announced that. But new episodes will be dropping the following Friday, so we'll actually get two that week. Um, and th- so I think, this, you know, this sounds pretty good. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Um but what did you think of that trailer?
2: It was a good trailer. I'm glad that we got to see uh, some Fennec in it. Or uh, yeah, I think that's her name. Uh, I, I still don't really care about the Bad Batch themselves, but obviously that's what the series is about. We're supposed to learn more about the characters, so it uh, so that will be the hook. And obviously, on the strength of the Clone Wars, I'm I'm looking forward to it. The trailer was good. Um, it didn't make me any more or less excited than I already was. But again it's star wars i'm pretty
0: excited to begin with i think it's just an interesting concept of like it's set in that really weird bit where you know the clones are now the empire and you know they don't fit in there and they've got the empire now trying to kill them you know and you got them off there and it's like "Mm, okay i quite like where this, this suddenly they've gone into they are now rebels you know and that's where i wasn't I kind of was expect, I, but I wasn't expecting Australia to be cu- quite so open about the fact of, oh no, they, they wanted, they want to be, exter- you know, the, the empire want to exterminate them because, and I thought, oh, that suddenly makes it much more compelling. Cause they're going to be like the first rebels. Cause there is no rebellion at the minute. They just got, you know, they give everyone got wiped out. Yeah. I, I would, it'd be a stretch to call them rebels, probably
2: more like just outlaws or people yeah. on the run. And maybe they'll get hooked into the rebellion somehow, but that's, you know, like 15 years hmm. down the road kind of deal. Um, I was thinking, though, when I was watching this, that Disney has found a lot of success in this particular era, in the yeah. between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope era. Like Rogue One, uh, even Solo to an extent, and then, of course, Rebels and Clone Wars uh, <laughs> were, were great series. And I, I kind of see why they want to stick with this era. It works really well for
0: them. And I mean, I, I always come back, into that, back to, it. I think that era works best because it's it's pulling on two generations or two, two or three generations. You've got all the younger ones than me that grew up on the Clone Wars that I love it, whereas maybe I'm a little bit less in, you know, that was something a little bit later. So I'm, but if you're pulling in on the original trilogy, that then pulls in on me. So that's like, um, I think they're doing the best of both worlds. I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's great to see some more Star Wars stuff coming in. Um, I'm looking forward to. I'm going to check out some of the Ewok stuff this weekend that's arrived on Disney Plus as part of the Vintage Collection. So I'm just, I just, I thought the trailer, and I thought, yep, yeah, I'm in new Star Wars. You know, for more weeks, it's like we're we're being treated so much. I mean, you know, when the Clone Wars dropped last year, that was all we had. You <laughs> know, that was, you know, that was, you know, I mean, we're going to be at that point of, you know, we're having three or four series a week at this point now and yeah I'm looking forward to it. I'm really I mean the trailer sold me more on it. Um I am now going, how many bad what am I gonna end up with? Because I've already seen the 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 wrecker action a couple of action figures and pop by and going, I know I'm gonna end up with something. I can see it see it coming. And I'm hoping that this kind of gets picked up. And I think they're gonna become more of a characters. I think they're gonna be allowed to express themselves a little bit more than they did in Clone Wars.
2: Oh yeah, certainly. I mean, that's the in- the entire point is to learn who these guys were. We only got the basic introduction in Clone Wars, which is probably why I don't care very much about them. Also, they felt, uh, no pun intended, like clones of the uh, Republic Commando characters yeah. who are no longer canon as far as I know. But they had a, a great video game back in the day, game, a that, that, uh, first-person shooter. And
0: these guys felt actually, like copies of that. That is actually coming out on the Nintendo Switch and PS4 on April the 6th. Are yep, re-releasing none. it? It I'm not sure how well the controls
2: are gonna hold up because it is an older game, but it yeah. it was well put together at the time. It's worth checking
0: out. Yeah. I remember I had a press release earlier this week about that one. I'm like, oh, that one could, could be fun. Yeah, so that's that's definitely cool. Um we've also heard that there's gonna be a new uh Pixar um short, which is um it, it might be called like 22 against Earth. Now th- that was a translation from the Disney Latin America press site. So this new short basically is set before soul and 22 meets up with five other souls and they go to earth and, you know, something happens and they, um, so this is kind of an odd one. Nothing has officially been confirmed yet when it'll be arriving. It's supposed to be on April the 30th in Latin America. I suspect to be happening everywhere, but nothing's been revealed. Nothing's been done. And sometimes the fact that this was on an official Disney press site does kind of go like, you know, they did announce it, but things do change, you know. It might be pushed back a little bit. But usually, I tend to think of this as this kind of thing that would normally be released alongside the home video. They tend—they've been doing this for decades. You know, when the new video gets released, they release a short. But they didn't put it on the short, so um I think that is definitely um, an interesting thing that, that, that we've got this one. It's somewhere in the pipeline, but it has obviously um, hasn't officially been revealed yet.
2: I'm not entirely sure what to think of it yet because I felt like 22. As a character by themselves wasn't necessarily interesting a lot of the the fun of the character came with playing off of uh the main character of soul but obviously if they've got a couple other characters uh with them in this then then hopefully it gives them a chance to bounce off because just by themselves they're a bit abrasive and Mm. and annoying it it was only the interplay that really worked for them but uh you're also right this would have been a blu-ray feature Mm. it, it makes you mentioning that makes me wish that they would go back to doing those Marvel features that we had back on, on those, you know, but they don't need it now. They don't need a short. They just get given a, given a series. <laughs> yeah, there's that certainly. Um, <laughs> but I mean, the shorts are funny and, yeah. and lets you see stuff that's going on. The other thing I really miss since we're talking Pixar is uh, the, the, They used to have the outtakes, the quote-unquote outtakes in them. I noticed because I watched Monsters Incorporated recently. I was like, there's supposed to be outtakes in this credit sequence,
0: and there weren't. It was Was weird. Okay. I don't remember. But no, I I think this. So hopefully we'll find out that one out soon. Um, Moving on from there. Also, um, if you didn't get Raya and the Last Dragon on... Uh, Disney Plus Premier Access. It is now available to um, early. They released it just before um, Easter, so you can buy it on digital platforms as well. I noticed that when I logged into Sky last night, um, they are. I mean, it makes total sense. I mean, they're just. I mean, they're just trying to get as much money for that movie. It, it's just really strange how this movie went to cinema, went to Disney Plus Premier Access. It's on home, you know, and it, it's, it's only been out a month. And you know, this is the new way. I mean, this is going to be the new way of how movies. They're going to be trying to get. And things going back, but that's pretty good. Um, also this past week, um, Walt Disney Television has announced another bit of a reshuffle. They have split the animation department from the 20th Television and moved it into its own separate division. So there will be um, they currently have 11 series in production. Say 11. Um, there's 10 because one of them's just been cancelled. But um, Family Guy, American Dad, The Simpsons, Bob's Burgers, Bless the Hearts, Duncanville, The Great North, um, Central Park, and The Prince are uh, some of the shows that they're currently making. They also make the Hulu Star original, Solar Opposite, and the upcoming Koala Man. Um, it's interesting, um, Bless the Hearts actually got cancelled by Fox this yesterday. Um, so that one won't be coming back. There's a number of deals like Central Park and The Prince, which are on other platforms because of pre-existing contracts that they put in place. But um, I kind of think this is good for them to be out, almost like that is our adult animation department. They are separate now to 20th Television. They now direct, um, you know, answer directly to um, head of Disney TV. They're making TV shows for different platforms. Some of them will be on Disney Plus. If you look at Disney Plus, for example, law right now, they are looking pretty sweet. You know, they. I mean, I mean, I'm not kidding. I'd, I'd be interested to see what's happened now. But you know, the Family Guy was actually still above Falcon and the Winter Soldier yesterday on the trending chart. I'm um, here in the UK. I mean, they. Constantly, these animation series are a massive hit on Disney Plus over here. Um, so just looking here now at the trend, oh, it's moved again now. But you know, Family Guy, American Dad, The Simpsons, um, Futurama—they're all in the top top end. Solar Opposites is in there as well. You know, they make up that studio make up nearly a quarter of the t- trending chart in the UK now. You know, they are—they are a big big deal.
2: Yeah, no, don't underestimate the power of these. Uh, shows that people just love to binge watch over and over again. It's why uh, so many companies fought over the rights for The Office and Parks and Rec and Seinfeld and Friends. These series, they bring people in and they keep people using your platform. It's what these mm-hmm. guys want.
0: Um, and Fox knew that. You know, Fox went straight into, you know, they might have split from 20th Television and all the rest of it, but they Fox knew their ratings were good for, you know, that's why they've renewed. Uh, the Bob's Burgers and Family Guy and the Simpsons for more episodes because they know they've got this market and it's kind of that weird thing in the US you know, obviously they're on other platforms but you know Family Guy new episodes are dropping onto Disney Plus in Australia every Friday same with Bob's Burger you know these are part of the Disney Plus lineup now internationally um, and they're big hits so it's, it's great to see this happening and there's also kind of I wish it had been given a different name in some ways like Because well, I always say 20th so I at least I at least want to say century in there, but twentieth television animation is quite a mouthful to get out. Yeah, and twentieth just just twentieth doesn't yeah. really make sense
2: as a title. Obviously, it's got the historical context, twentieth yeah. century Fox, but uh, after a while, that context is going to go away, and people are just like twentieth out. What yeah. uh, is this the twentieth iteration of this? Like you yeah. had nineteen others, and they failed, or or what? Now, nah, but I expect we'll also see an. an further rebranding i mean
0: rebranding is practically a seasonal activity at these companies yes um yes it's all kind of moving over so there we go that's kind of like some of the headlines from this past week let's now get into some of this week's tv so before we get into um some of the disney plus originals and stuff just want to kind of um say about some of the star originals which have been dropping here in the uk so we've been having um so i've been really enjoying love victor um, we've got two more episodes of season one left to drop. Um, that's been, you know, this has been one like series I've been really enjoying. And up to uh, this week's episode was one that was much more. I would say it's probably the best one of the series because it was very much about his acceptance of himself. You know, he he actually went out to New York, and he actually we actually even see Simon. You know, he's actually you know from the Love Simon movie he actually appears in this episode, and you know he's in new york he's with his friends and you know they go to a gay club and um, it's all it's all kept very you know it's it's still still very pg but there's a lot of talk about you know acceptance and being who they are and you know struggles with their families and it was a very touching episode and i really did enjoy it and kind of watching this back now I'm going um this could have been such a big hit i think on disney plus it would have really been a a really solid show i mean and I that's big on on hulu but um Really, really enjoying this series. I was a little bit um, wishy-washy in the middle, but it feels like it's. I'm definitely getting into into the characters and stuff. So I'm looking forward. Got a couple more weeks left here um, internationally, and then we got. I think the second season drops in June on Hulu. They have not announced the UK one, so I'm really enjoying Love, Victor. Did have you? You haven't got Hulu yet, have you?
2: No, I I keep holding out hope that they'll <laughs> they'll do a bun. Well, originally that they would do a bundle uh, that did not include ESPN because I I I don't see any reason to get ESPN Plus. But now it's also just hoping that they merge Hulu into Disney Plus at some point. And yeah, I've, we've
0: we've discussed at length why that's not likely to happen yeah. in the near future. So there we go everyone. Thank you very much for watching and listening to this episode of the What's On Disney Plus podcast. Fortunately it's a little bit different than normal due to technical issues, but I've tried to make it as good as I possibly can. Anyway guys, make sure you go hit that subscribe button. Go check us out over at whatsondisneyplus.com and I shall see you guys in another video. later.